praise the Lord, and thank you for joining us at the Upper Room Church. Listen in as Pastor Johnson teaches the Word of God, gives us encouragement, and midweek refuel to run this spiritual race. Tonight's lesson will be entitled, All Families of the Earth Are Blessed Through Father Abraham. want to do i want to go this way i want to talk just a little bit i got let's see one two two scriptures maybe three in the old testament and one in the new what am i going to talk about i want to talk about abraham <clears throat> excuse me i want to talk about abraham and the promise that god made abraham and the children of israel then i want to talk about um the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. I'm going to hit that just a little bit. I'm going to show you that uh, in, the, in the Old Testament that the millennium, that we all looking forward to the rapture and living, living with Christ during the millennium time, that the Old Testament speaks of the millennium before the New Testament speaks of the millennium. I'm going to show you that. First, I want to go to the uh, book of Genesis. You got your Bible? Uh, I'm going to take my time because um, I, I feel real good in my soul, uh, but uh, I'm still just a little congested, a little stopped up. I was running a fever the other night, uh, one night, I forget what night it was. Um, the fever was running about almost 100, and uh, let's see, I think Tuesday, day Wednesday, uh, Monday and Tuesday was running about 100. And I was praying that God would break the fever because I, I wanted to go back to work. And uh, so, Lord, bless uh, on yesterday, which is Tuesday, around about 1 or 2 o'clock, my fever broke, stopped feeling better. And my boss had gave me a call earlier to see if I was going to be able to come to work on today. And I texted him around about 3. I said, yeah, the fever had broken. I feel better. I think I can work today. And so I went in and I worked today. I felt pretty good. But as the day progressed on uh, being out there in the air, I began to sort of get stopped up again. But um, it's okay. I'm good. So I just thank God I'm just, I'm, I'm well, but I'm just a little congested, okay? Uh, look at Genesis. Y'all got that? Genesis 12. Now, I'm, I'm going to read it in my uh, NIT Bible. It's about Abraham. You 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 see it. Genesis twelve and verse one. This is when God called Abraham. Uh first of all, Abraham's name wasn't Abraham, his name was Abel. Abram, A B R A M. But God changed his name to Abraham. You know, I, I noticed that a lot. Not many times throughout the Bible, when God meets people, he either uh changed their name, uh like Abraham, it came from Abe, Abe uh, to Abraham. He either used part of your name and, and lengthen it, Abe, to Abraham, or he'll take your name and change it all. Now, Saul was a bad man in the Bible, a uh, real bad man, but when the Lord saved Saul, he changed his name from Saul to Paul. And many other biblical uh, characters in the Bible that in the in, you know, in the Bible that the Lord changed your name from whatever it was to another name. And I often wonder, okay, what my name meant. What what new name God has for me? What new name God has for you? 
uh, would have used that. And uh, uh, but anyway, that was your thought of mine. But look at look at uh, Genesis twelve and one. Now this is God when He called Abraham uh, to be um, the father of all, of the nation. Let's see. I'm gonna read verse one, and I'm gonna show you how important verse one is all the way down to let's see, maybe verse uh, five, six, or seven. Then we're gonna you you get the point. Verse number one said. The Lord has said to Abe, calling Abe now, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father family, and go to a land that I will show you. Now, this, this, is, this is hard for some people. Uh, the Lord told Abe, he said, Abe, I want you to leave your native country. Know where you live at. You know, sometimes God has to send a preacher or a pastor somewhere else because sometimes you just can't do no good where you are. I, I spoke of that one time earlier back in my ministry or uh, some time ago. Uh, I, I talked about leaving Memphis and going to, uh, I got a niece in Atlanta, and she told me, Uncle, you, you ought to move to Atlanta. She's doing very well there. She just told me opportunity there for some people just real well. and. Uh, she tried to get me to move there years ago. I, well, if I was going to do it, I should have did it when I when she when she asked me when I was young. Oh man, I, I'm not going nowhere now. I'm gonna stay right here till Jesus comes. Um, and uh, I have a sister that said something to me too. Uh, I got a sister in Chicago. She never mentioned to me to come to Chicago, uh, but I had an uncle that lived in Chicago, and uh, he mentioned to me about coming to Chicago. And uh, he told me, anybody, can, you know, Chicago is rough. I never liked that city because it's so crime. But crime bad in Memphis now. Dead in, uh, in Chicago. Uh, I don't know a lot of them came down here, but uh, and it's bad here now. But anyway, my uncle told me, he said, boy, <clears throat> I told my pastor's church, he asked me, how was it doing? I said, we doing okay. And he said, boy, if you can make it in Memphis, Tennessee, you can make it anywhere. So Memphis is a hard town, very, very hard uh, for for churches because there's a church everywhere, a church on almost every corner. You go down the street, there's a church. You turn the corner, there's a church. Everywhere, there's a church. So the church business in Memphis, Tennessee uh, is real, real tough. You know, they call this area they call the Memphis, this is the Bible Belt. Y'all ever heard it like that before? This is the Bible Belt. So many churches in Memphis, and we still got these folks cutting up. They, they won't go to church. But um, he was saying, he said, boy, if you can make it in Memphis, you can make it anywhere. And I said, you think I can make it in Chicago? Huh? He said, man, you can come to Chicago. You can, you can sell hot dogs in Chicago and make money. You can be on the corner and sell uh, bananas in, in Chicago and and make money. I said, is that right? But anyway, no matter what you said, I didn't have a mind to go to Chicago uh, because I didn't feel feel like that's what God wanted me to be. But anyway, I said that to say this is about Abraham. God God told him, Abraham, a that is, leave your native country. Where you born at? Get on up out of there, Abraham. Get your wife uh, uh, and get out of there. 
God to walk in. But notice what he said. Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family. Now, that's tough to leave your father's people. That will be your sisters and your brothers. And go to a land that I will show you. Um, so I'm really walking in the blind, but I'm walking by faith, trusting you. You're going to lead me to where you want me to go. He said, I'm, you, you, just, you just leave and in in, in start walking to a land that I'm going to show you where it is. I will make, I will make you into a great nation. Now check this out. This is God told Abraham. Verse 2. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, Abraham, A, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Man, what a powerful promise. Now, although I've been in Memphis, Tennessee a long time, I've never really been in anywhere. I came right out of uh, Fed County, out of Somerville. And uh, right, Mom moved us up here to Memphis, Tennessee, and this where we, this where we are. And um, I really like it here. Never had a mind to go anywhere, but I had thoughts of going everywhere. But never had a mind to go there. Now, if the Lord spoke to me like he spoke to Abraham, to Thomas, you get up out of here, you get your little wife, and you get to stepping. And uh, just, I'm going to show you where to go. Now, if he came to me like that, oh, I have to leave town, y'all. <laughs> you know I have no choice. I have to leave town because that's the voice of God. But now the voice of God and the voice of people is something else. A lot of people wanted me to make a move. But I won't say that necessarily the voice of God. God know how to talk to me. He know how to give me a dream. He know how to give me a hunch or give me a nudge. He know how to do that. So he never did that. And so, therefore, uh, I never pursued all those um, comments and thoughts coming from other people saying, I need to get up out of here and uh, I probably would do better somewhere else. Okay, and so God said, he going and on. He said, but here's the thing about Abraham. God said, Abraham, Abe, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. All the families of the earth are going to be blessed because of you. I'm going to bless those who bless you. That's why I said this is why the Jewish nation is so important. God said, I'm going to bless you, those that bless you, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. If, if, if you try to uh, annihilate, uh, uh, do away, uh, the word I'm fishing for, uh, I guess, annihilate, or uh, just do away with the Jews, Jewish nation, period. Just wipe them off the earth. If you do that, you got to deal with God because uh, God made them a promise, and God is, is, is a God to keep his word, keep his promise. He can't lie, and so he promised them that he was going to take care of them. Uh, many, many times in the Bible, they tried to annihilate the Jews. This ain't the first time, you know. Hitler tried to annihilate them. Haman tried to annihilate them. And many other people in the Bible tried to do away with them Jews. But they just can't get rid of them. Uh, one man uh, uh, paid a prophet uh, to go down there and curse them Jews. And uh, Balaam paid the prophet. He said, prophet, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you all the money you want if you just prophesy something bad against those Jews down there. 
the prophet heard what he had to say. He said, I'll give you, and the prophet went back to Haman, not Haman, but uh, Balaam and said, Balaam, if you give me this house full of silver and gold, I cannot curse the Jews. I can't go be, go beyond uh, not one jot of what the Lord said. I can't do it. And the prophet got, uh, uh, Balaam got mad at the prophet because he wouldn't go in and curse him. I'm going I'm to I'm make you a rich man. All you got to do is prophesy. Doom them Jews. Just say something bad going to happen to them. Say they're going to fall in the river. Just prophesy something bad. He said, I can't do it. I can't, I can't curse what the Lord has blessed. And I'm glad that the prophet wasn't a sellout. He didn't just really want the money. Uh, he knew what God had said about it. And he stuck to what God had said versus what man said. And God said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all families of the earth will be blessed through you. And so I can say today, you can say today, because of Abraham, you are so blessed. Each and every one of you to listen to me right now. Because of Father Abraham, you are so blessed right now today. And I said, well, how so? How is that? Because it was through Abraham, the lineage of Abraham, Jesus came through. Jesus came through the lineage of Abraham and, uh, and found uh, 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 that virgin, Joseph, and found that virgin. And uh, uh, and through that, that Virgin Mary, he, he can't chose her as a vessel to, to enter into the world and, and redeem man. All this came through Abraham's bloodline. That's a royal bloodline. And because of Abraham and that royal bloodline, Jesus came. Jesus came. Now, you and I have accepted Jesus. So through Abraham, we are blessed today because of him. I'm so glad. Jesus came through Abraham. I'm so glad Jesus came into this world and did what he did. So uh, uh, Abraham had something to do with everybody that accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father Abraham did. We're, this is what the Lord said. Uh, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. It's something that you can say that your children are blessed because of something you did. There's a lot of family whose children are blessed because their parents are wealthy. You know, they're born with a silver spoon in their mouth. You heard that before. And their parents work hard, they're wealthy, they got money. And so those children, as they grow up, they don't have to hit a lick of a snake. So they are blessed not because of what they've done, but they're blessed what their parents was able to accomplish and achieve in life. So you and I are blessed today, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus done Amen. In his life. And give it his life. So there it is. It all starts with Abraham. Abraham, Jesus, and, and, and all down through there. Uh, Noah and Adam and, and, and all the other patriarchs that ever came. Uh, the children of Israel. Uh, and I thank God how that thing went. Now, turn with me to the uh, book of Zechariah. Zechariah. Zechariah, the second chapter. Hadn't taught out of this book in a long time. Zechariah 2, I'm going to read. Let's see how much we want to read of Zechariah. Well, it's just, it's just 13 verse. I'm going to read the entire 
uh, chapter 13 verses. Now, Zechariah, this particular city, this particular chapter right here, dealing with uh, the Israelites, Judah, they're coming out of captivity. Now, many, many times God allowed Judah, uh, Israel, uh, to, to, to go into captivity because of their sins and disobedience, failure to yield to God, failure to do the things God wanted them to do. Whenever they turned their back on God, got it, did wrong, God allowed them to go into captivity to another nation, uh, Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, the other heathen nation uh, would take them over and keep them into captivity. And uh, how do you think that uh, those, those uh, Hebrew boys that were down there got thrown in the fire of furnace, how do you think they got down there uh, with the king? And uh, they wind up for him in the lion's den, Daniel and them, them good boys. Uh, they got, they were down there because their, their nation, their city, was captured and seized by those hostile nations. And they brought them in. They kept the good one, the smart one. The one that worked so smart, they put them out in the field and worked. And ones that looked like they uh, would need to be around the kingdom, they kept them around the kingdom because they were useful for the king. So Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, they were very, very smart and intelligent. So they were very useful for the king in the palace versus putting them out in the field to grow fruits and vegetables. They were more valuable uh, to the king in the palace. Uh, but they got in trouble, and eventually they were thrown in the lines then, okay, but God delivered them. So I'm saying all these stories that we read in the Bible that happened to people, it happened to them when God allowed their nation to go into captivity. Now, everybody in the nation weren't bad. Daniel wasn't bad. Meshach and uh, Abednego, all, they weren't bad. But the majority of the nation, and that, that old king that was head of the nation, they were all bad. So God allowed the good and the bad to go into captivity. That's something. Sometimes the good got to suffer with the bad. Somebody said, Lord, what I do? What I do? Sometimes you got to suffer with the bad. Uh, that's the way God do. But God's going to preserve you. God's going to take care of you. So in this particular chapter here, uh, Jerusalem. It's coming out of exile. You know what exile is, captivity to another nation. They're coming out of exile in chapter 2. And as they're coming out of exile, uh, they're getting ready to go back to, their, they were allowed to go back to their native land that they were taken from and uh, to rebuild the city and do what they had to do. But strange things happened. Angel of the Lord came down. They begin to measure the city. Let's, let's get into it. This is a good read. You'll see where I'm going. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, uh, the head of my Bible said, the, the, the measuring line of Jerusalem. I lifted up my eyes again and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. This is the angel of God. Then said I, whether goest thou? And he said unto me, to measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breath, there are. What is the list there are? I'm going to see just how long and wide Jerusalem is. And behold, the angels that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him. He said unto me, Run, speak uh, this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited <clears throat> as towns without walls for the multitude of men and cattle therein. Now, the angel is measuring Jerusalem, and then the other angel came and told uh, 
this man of God here, um, Zechariah, you uh, run and tell the inhabitants that Jerusalem is going to be inhabited. They're going to be inhabited again. See, they were desolated, ruined, went into captivity. They're trying to come back and repair the ruins. So the angel of the Lord is saying to uh, the man of God, shout it to the rooftop. Jerusalem shall be inhabited. It's empty now. Ghost town. But it shall be inhabited again. But the angel is getting the measurement, how long it is, how wide it is. And uh, they're not going to worry about it. Now, Jerusalem had walls all around. It was a city with walls. But the angel of the Lord ain't worried about building walls back this time. This is a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled in the future. Not right now. But this is a prophecy that's going to be fulfilled in the future. He said, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls, for the multitude of men shall, shall uh, uh, scatter therein. And verse 5 said, For I, said the Lord, will be her, I will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. So what the Lord is saying right now, Jerusalem ain't going to need walls no more. It's going to be inhabited again. People going to live there again. People going to come from everywhere and live in Jerusalem again. Although it was ruined and went into captivity, but Jerusalem will be inhabited again. But they will not have walls around it no more. You know, walls like stone and cement, walls like that. There won't be no need of that. So what are you saying, Lord? They won't, we won't have to build a wall to keep the enemy out no more? Oh, uh, that's right. Because this time, the wall is going to be the Lord Almighty, the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, the power of God going to shine so bright. It's going to be the walls all the way around the city. That's going to keep the enemy out. Nobody will be able to come into Jerusalem because the glory of God is going to be the wall all around the city. Verse number five. For I, said the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire. You ain't going to come through that, baby. A wall of fire round about. And will, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Ho, ho. Come forth and flee. From the land of the north, says the Lord. Well, I have spread you abroad as the uh, four wings of heaven, says the Lord. Now, God, God is, is he's confessing. He's saying what he's done to Jerusalem. He said, I spread you abroad. See, God allowed Jerusalem to be spread out into other cities. I did that. Yes, I did, says the Lord. Now, what God is going to do, God is going to bring them back. The Jewish people were scattered once before. They always lived in this land, and this is what the fighting is going on about now. The Palestinians say it's their land. Well, here's what happened what people don't understand. Let me help you understand the Palestinians and the children of Israel. Help you understand this. The children of Israel always possessed the land for thousands of years. But when they went into captivity, and when uh, Hitler, you know, Hitler deceived and fooled a lot of those Jews out of Jerusalem to go over to Germany seeking better opportunity. So as Hitler got a lot of those Jews over there, killed so many million of them, just uh, just gassing and killed them. Uh, so Israel really didn't have no people there because they were tricked by Hitler to go over there seeking a better country, a better life, better opportunity. 
he seized them and got them over there and killed them and danced them. So when Israel was gone, well, those Palestinians, they came in and they possessed the land. Oh, it's our land. This is our land. Ooh, this is good land. Thank God for the land. Yeah, but the United States, thank God for the United States, always have been a friend of Israel. When they went over there, did what they did to Hitler, got rid of him, set those Jews free. They was able now to come back home to Jerusalem if they wanted to. A lot of Jews didn't go back to Jerusalem. A lot of them fled to uh, Russia has a lot of Jews. I didn't know that. But Russia today, a lot of Jews, they went to the Soviet Union. They're full of Jews people. And a lot of other different countries they went to, they didn't go back to Jerusalem. Some of them, so many of them are here in the United States. So as they went back to their native land, uh, Jerusalem, well, uh, the president and the U U U United Nations, they uh, uh, granted Israel uh, that land back that was already theirs. Palestinians got to go, y'all. They was mad, but Israel became a state in 1948. They became a state. They got the land back. Now they're possessing the land, but the Palestinians saying it's their land. It never worked. It was their land when Israel left, but it originally was a Jews' land in the beginning. And this is what all the fighting is all about. They want the land, but it's not theirs. So, so I help you understand some Bible history here. That's what they want. They want the land, but it's not theirs. It's not originally theirs. No. It originally was Israel. But they were tricked out of the land. Now, let's go a little bit further. Now, where am I at? I stopped at verse, uh, let's see. I stopped at verse number six. God said, I spread you uh, as the four wings of heaven, said the Lord. Verse number seven says, uh, uh, Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwelleth with the daughter of Babylon. So now, uh, Zion went into captivity down there at Babylon. Y'all heard they got songs about Babylon, oh, Babylon is falling. Uh, Israel went into captivity to Babylon, but God said, Deliver thyself, O Zion, thou dwellest with the daughters of Babylon. Verse number 8 says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory has he sent me unto the nation, which spoil you. For ye, for he that touches you, touches the apple of his eye. And you remember, I, I, I told you some time ago, that the Jewish people, they were God's chosen people, and Jerusalem, Israel, uh, the Jews, they, they are the apple of God's eye. Here's the verse right here to say that uh, Israel and Jerusalem, these people are the apple of God's eye. You know, when you look at somebody's eyes and you really see that people, you, you, you see the apple in their eye, it just means that he's so fond of them. He's so fond of them. So they are the apple of God's eye. Let me read from my footnote. Uh, he did, uh, verse number eight. Um, he that touches you touches the apple of his eye, representing the God and remnant of Israel. They are the apple, the pupil of God's eye, precious and important to him. Believers today are, are as important and loved as were God's people in the Old Testament time. We are under his protection and care uh, concern. So not only was, is Israel now the apple of God's eye, God's pupil. They were his, the pupil of his eye. We that love the Lord, we are now 
since we accepted Jesus Christ, we are also the apple of God's eye. That's why Jesus said, and you don't mess with God's people. That's why Jesus said, uh, it's better for you uh, uh, to take a millstone, tie around your neck, and throw it into the depths of the sea. Y'all read that. Then offend one of the least one that believe in me. When you love Jesus and you love in God and you and you 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 standing in, in good standing with God, people better be careful how they treat you. Because God has a way of uh, taking care of his own. And so that's why Jesus said be better to take a millstone, tie a ring in neck, and throw it in the depth of the sea. You know what's gonna happen, you're going straight to the bottom. Then offend one of the least one that believe in me. So we Christian, we God's people today, we are the apple of God's eye. As the children is a word, the apple of God's eye. His pupil. His pupil. Y'all see what I'm saying? The pupil. Okay. Now let me continue reading. So God said here in verse 8, he said now, um, for he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. For behold, I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall be uh, a spoil to the servant, to the servant, and ye shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Verse 10 said, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. Verse 11 said, And many nations shall, join, shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of you, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. So what God is doing, God is promising Jerusalem that I'm coming to your rescue. I'm going to dwell among you. And many other nations and people are going to join you in Jerusalem. And I'm going to be there. I'm going to be that wall around Jerusalem. This is a prophetic prophecy speaking of the millennium. I'm going to show it to you in Revelation. This is a prophetic prophecy speaking of the millennium reign of Christ. Okay, he said, I will dwell in the midst of you, and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Verse 1 says, and the Lord shall inherit, shall inherit Judah, his portion in the holy land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. See, God had forsaken Jerusalem, abandoned Jerusalem, but God coming back to Jerusalem. This is what we're, this is what uh, uh, we as Christians are longing for. This is what we're waiting on, God's return to come back. He's coming back. The Bible says he's going to set his foot on Mount Olive, one foot on the mountain and one foot in the sea. He's, he's going to return. He's coming back to Jerusalem. Uh, he, he's coming back. He said, and the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. Come on, God. Take your rightful place. Choose Jerusalem again. He let them go through something. Teach them a lesson. But he's coming back. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to uh, uh, be in that city with you. And uh, we won't need no walls because my glory, my spirit, will be a wall of fire around the wall. And other nations going to join. I'm so glad God said that. And other nations, verse 11 says, and many nations shall join to the Lord in that day. So in that day when the Lord come back and put one foot on the mountain, the other foot, one, one foot on Mount Zion, the other foot in the, in the sea, uh, uh, many nations going to come and join the Lord in that city. He's talking about us. We're not over there. We're over here. Many nations going to come and join you. We're going to all sit down at his feet and be blessed. When the Lord come back and reign, 
during this millennium time uh, in the last day. Uh, uh, this is a, 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 a prophecy, prophetic prophecy about the future. It, it has not yet come to pass. We are longing and looking for this. God told them, as you're going back to your uh, city, they were being released from exile. Now, you may literally go back and build a wall if you want to with bricks and stone. But the Lord said, uh, uh, I'm going to do better than that. Now, when I return, now Jerusalem is built now, and they got the wall backs up. Well, it's okay for now to keep the enemies out as much as possible. But when the Lord comes, then he's going to not, we're not going to need those walls because the Lord and his spirit are going to be a wall of fire all the way around. We'll need those walls. Okay, that's prophetic. That's in the future. That's to come. All right. And uh, and the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion, which well in the holy city, and shall choose Jerusalem again. I'm, I'm glad he choose, chose them again. Verse 12 says, Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised, raised up out of his holy habitation. So this is a prophetic prophecy of how God is going to come uh, and uh, 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 be in the city of Jerusalem uh, one more time in the last day. Now, I want to show you something in the book of uh, Revelation. Revelation, the uh, 20th chapter, speaks of this. What, what, what Zechariah has penned it here. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> what um, Zechariah had penned it here uh, in this second chapter of Zechariah, future tense that's going to happen, Revelation speaks of it, Revelation 20th chapter. Turn there with me, if you will. Okay, we got to move right along. Something interesting I want to show you in Revelation and uh, about two names here, too. I'm, I'm almost done. <clears throat> Bear with me. Slow down just a little bit. Uh, Revelation 20. Uh, let's see where I want to start reading. Let's see. Well, uh, let me start reading verse 20, and I want to read down to just uh, uh, read, read to about 10. Okay. Check this out briefly. Revelation 20, verse 1, and I'm going to read to verse 10. Follow with me. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the keys of the bottomless pit, that's hell, and a chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon. We all know who that is, the old dragon. We talk about the dragon, the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, 666. That old dragon, that old serpent, which is none other than the devil and Satan. And he bound him a thousand years. This is this is the millennium. Satan, the Bible speaks that Satan will be bound a thousand years. There will be peace on earth. He will not be able to make people do bad things because the angel came down from heaven uh, with a chain to bound him. And it bound, no way said bound him in the bottomless pit, which is hell. Take him to the hell, take him to hell and tie him up. But notice, and that old devil, and said, he's going to bound him. How long he's going to be tied up? A thousand years. Now, we don't know how long a thousand years is, but, but the angel went down to tie old Lucifer up, that old devil up, well, for 1,000 years. There would be peace on earth, no violence, no killing, no nothing. For 1,000 years, he tied up and can't disturb, can't destroy, can't do anything for 1,000 years. Wonderful. Woo-hoo. Verse 3. 
and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him. They should not deceive the nation no more. This is wonderful. Till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little season. Now, after a thousand years up, oh, the devil will be loose again uh, for a little season. So we talk about the rapture of the church and the thousand-year reign of Christ, which be, will be the millennium. The millennium will take place when Satan is tied up with chain in the bottomless pit. We will reign with Christ on earth in Jerusalem, that new city of Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. We will reign for him for a thousand years. Won't have to mess with the devil. Won't be no devil. Ain't no devil. Everybody's going to be just like Jesus. And so, but note he said, Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And then after that, he must be loose a little while. What do you think you're going to do when they turn him loose? He's coming at you. Look at verse number four. All right, verse number four says, trying to read briefly so I can get y'all where I'm trying to go. Verse number four says, uh, And I saw thrones, and they that set up on them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, uh, nor his image, neither had received his mark, that's the 666, upon their forehead or in their hand, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. These people lived and reigned with Christ 1,000 years while Satan was tied up. Now, verse 5 says, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, these people that didn't receive the mark of Satan, they reigned with Christ during the millennium, during that uh, millennium reign on earth there that we, they spoke of in uh, Zechariah, they reigned with him a thousand years. And then it said the rest of the dead, other people that were dead in the grave, they, they live not until, until the thousand years were finished. So there will be people in the grave dead, won't get up, won't, won't, they're not going to get up. They're in the grave, and they're dead. This is the first resurrection. Okay. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. For they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So now, everybody that's, uh, have a have to do anything with the first resurrection, you're gonna be in good shape. The second resurrection is really one that you don't want to have nothing to do with. There is a first resurrection, there's a second resurrection. The first resurrection, you will be okay. The second resurrection, although people rise in the second resurrection, they're gonna stand before the judgment seat of Christ. They will be damned to hell. You don't want to have nothing to do with the second resurrection. Brother, you got to get in the first resurrection. Get in when you get in when you can get in. And that's the first resurrection. Because the second resurrection, they, there's a bunch of devils and they're going straight to hell. About uh, the best way I can put it. Now, verse 7. And when a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loose out of his prison. There it is. When that thousand years are loose, it expired. You know the angel tied him up with the chain. Satan will be loose out of his prison. Verse 8. And shall go out to deceive the nation which are in the four corners of the earth, God and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Now, when Satan is loose from those from that 
uh, uh, Barbara's pit, the prison, he's going to go out and deceive the nation, fool people, trick folks, lie to people that God ain't God. He's God. Follow him. Worship him. He's going to do all this devious stuff. And then it, it, the Bible said uh, he's going to deceive the nation which are in the four corners of the earth. God can make God. Y'all have heard God can make God. Many people try to find out who God can make God is. Very interesting. Uh, Ezekiel, I hope I have time to get to it. Ezekiel speaks of God can make God. I turn there, which is speak of God can make God. But God and make God, who, who this is, these are the hostile nations of the world. The people that were bothering Israel in, in its day and time, they were the hostile nations of the world, and they were considered God and make God. Now, the, the, the nation that was considered God and make God, uh, I, I looked this up and I've done my research of people that are God and make God. Uh, these people, you ever heard of the, uh, the Mongolian people? People of Mongolian uh, descent of uh, Asian descent. I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, now many Bible scholars and teachers, they believe that the revelation God can make God is going to be in the future Russia and China. God can make God. Well, it will be more than Russia and China because God can make God is all the hostile nations that is against God and against God's people. So we think about the hostile nation that's against God and God's people. Uh, China is a hostile nation. Um, the Mongolian people, people of Asian descent, and I looked it up, the Mongolian, to be the Chinese, the Russian, and the Koreans. So they will, leave, they will get the man in Korea, they will get China, and they will get Russia. These people of, of the uh, Mongolian descent, so they will fall into the category of a hostile nation toward God. These really are nations that, that are, <clears throat> excuse me, these are nations that are atheists. They are a godly nation. They don't believe in God. China, they don't believe in God. They, they are atheists. Uh, Russia don't believe in God. And Korea, they don't believe in God. And their, their other nations don't believe in God also. So these people are hostile nations to God and to God's people. Now, uh, China has, has no, no good for Israel. China don't care anything about those Jews. Uh, Russia don't care anything about those Jews. i tell you, another nation don't care. Uh, uh, Iran don't care anything about those Jews. These are hostile nations towards the, the, the children of Israel. These are all the hostile nations. Okay? And these are the God and the main God. It's the hostile nations of the world. So it will be the great battle that's going to be fought. It, it will have a lot to do with Russia, China, and Korea, and Iran, these nations that hate, that hate Israel. And, 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 of course, not to leave out uh, the Palestinians, they, they Israel haters. All these are hostile nations. And they will be the God and the Magog of the Bible that's going to fight uh, alongside the devil against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the last day when he returns. Now, let me read it again, verse 8. And shall go out to deceive the nation which are in the four corners of the earth, God, may God, together them together the battle, of a number of whom is there to stand and receive. Verse 9 says, and, and they went up on the breadth of the earth, and they come, they come 
compass the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, the Jerusalem. And fire came down from God out of heaven and destroyed them. So this is why we say God is going to fight for the children of Israel. So as God can make God, we up and compass the camp of the saints to try to destroy them. Fire came down from God out of heaven and destroyed all these hostile nations. This is how the end will uh, end in the last days. The, y'all heard about the battle of Armageddon. This is the battle of Armageddon. Uh, that that the last battle is going to ever be fought between God and the hostile nations. And so uh, the fire came down from God out of heaven and destroyed them. Verse ten says, and the devil that deceived them were cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet saw, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat upon it, from whom the face of the earth and the, and the heaven fled away, and there were found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, uh, standing before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the book according to uh, their works. Okay, there it is. So, so here, uh, during the last day of the millennium time, when when Satan uh, come, uh, is he, when he put in this bottomless pit, and after the thousand years it's expired, we have a thousand years without that joker, but after the thousand years has been completed, he will be angry, he will be mad, and go to make war. Notice that verse again, I'm going to let you go, verse 9. And they went up on the breast of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints. The devil coming to get the saints. He want to make war with the saints of God. But you can't do that. You can't do that. He, and the beloved city. The beloved city is Jerusalem. You can't do that. And, and But here's not what happens. And fire came down out of heaven and devoured them, burned them all up, destroyed them all. So this is what's going to happen in the end. Satan will be defeated. Satan will be defeated. So if you ever heard of that, that term, God can make God, it's making reference to all the hostile nations of the earth. Now, God can make God is mentioned again. Let me, make, let me hear it real quick. I'm going to let you go. In the book of Ezekiel. Turn there for me real quick. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 38 and 7. Ezekiel. Old Testament. Ezekiel 38, I'm going to let it go, 38 and 7. So we, I'm thanking God for Father Abraham and, um, let's see, 38, 7, let's see, um, this is where I will go, let's see. Uh, I don't want to hold you on, let's see. Oh, that's not it. Oh, oh, okay. That's it. I got, I got the wrong. I'm in chapter 37. I'm, I, I need verse 38. Chapter 38. Chapter 38. Uh, I'm gonna get right to my punchline. So Ezekiel talk about God can make God also. Chapter 38 and verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell safely, shall thou, shall thou not know it? So God telling, he's telling God, 
My people going to dwell safely, and you're going to know it. Uh, thus said the Lord, in that day when my people Israel dwell safely, shall thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north part, thou and many people with you, all of them riding up on horses, a great company and a mighty army, and, and thou shalt come up against my people Israel, against my people of Israel, as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, and the heathen may know me, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their, before their eyes. Thus said the Lord God, uh, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in the old time by my servant, the prophet of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years, that I will bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass, at the same time, when God shall go against the land of Israel, said the Lord God, that my, my spirit shall come in my face. So when God and may God come against God's people, Israel, God said, my spirit, is gonna, I'm going to get red in the face. I'm going to get so angry because God and may God is coming against my people, Israel. This is going to set God on fire. You're going to see the anger in his face, and that's why we said in the last day, God's going to come and fight for the children of Israel and going to destroy all those uh, um, those nations, those hostile nations. Let's see if I'm going to read any more of it. I think that's all I want. Okay, I won't go any further with that. So God and Magog is nothing else but uh, those hostile nations, Okay. Uh, let's see. I need to read anything else. Oh, here, I'm reading from my footnote. Um, God can make up. They will, they will be joined by armies from the east and the south. The time of this battle is difficult to establish. We can't really say when it's going to take place. Uh, but most likely, it is It is not identical with the God can make up in the book of Revelation, which will occur at the end of the millennium. So this God right here is different from the God in the book of Revelation. But but one thing that this God and the God of Revelation has in common is that they both hate those Jews. They are a hostile nation toward the Jews. And God God told God, uh, when you do this, you will see my fear in my face. And in Revelation, the same thing, when God can make God come against the saints, God will, uh, uh, fire from heaven will come down and destroy them. So that's how important uh, God's people are to him. The children of Israel, you and I, and I thank God for Abraham, all the descendants of Abraham. I thank God for Jesus Christ, my, my Lord and my Savior. And it's good for God's people to know uh, where we stand in Bible prophecy, what's going on in our world today, what our, what what's leading up to the uh the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the end time. Everything is is uh is lining up. Somebody said the stars are lining up. Uh the devil is about to raise and rear his ugly head. Uh, uh the United States is really in a uh difficult position, uh a uh, 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 hypocritical condition position that is, I would say, a very hypocritical uh, uh position. Because the United States got is playing both sides, 
they plan both sides. They plan Israel and they plan the Palestinians. They pretend they with Israel, they are allies, but they really not. Uh because they plan both sides. Uh the United States give money to Iran and Iran is giving money to Hamas who's attacking Israel. So if uh, Ameri- America is giving money to Iran, and Iran is supporting Hamas, and Hamas is attacking Israel, and then America giving money to Israel to fight Hamas, they really playing both sides. Yeah. America is a big devil. So you, you pretend you're with Israel, and, uh, and you give them a little money, and then you pretend uh, you, 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 you're giving Iran money. So really, whose side are you on? Uh, America have started many, many wars with folks. They play both sides of the fence. That's all I got to say about that, because it, it gets deeper than that, and y'all might not understand. But America is a big devil, and uh, God's going to judge her for not being true. You can't play both sides. You know, you either on Israel's side or you're not. you either on uh, 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 Iran's side or you're not. Do you want Israel to destroy Hamas uh, uh, and his people uh, or not? They don't. So they're playing both sides. You can't have it both ways. And I'm a big hypocrite. You remember in the old days, I'm going to say this. I'm going to let you go. The enemy used to say what, what the enemy used to say about the man. You speak with forked tongue. You say one thing and do something else. And when you think about our world, a lot of the crime that's going on in our world, all the drugs, all the guns is in the street. Who do you think giving these folks these guns? They want to do it. We're we going to fight crime. We're going to do away with drugs. They lying. They putting the drugs out there. Oh, we gonna clean the streets up, get the guns up. You lying? They putting the guns out there, so they play both sides, and uh, God gonna judge them for being uh, so hypocritical. Martin Luther had a lot to say about that, how hypocritical America was, and she played both sides of the fence. So I'm done with that. That's all I wanna say about that. Any deeper than that, you might not understand. God bless all of you. I hope I said something to you. Uh, a little congested. And uh, I look forward to being with you Sunday, and I think I'll be whole Sunday, and I'll be able to uh, uh, do this all over again. So God bless all you. Thank you for listening. I went a little bit long. I was real kind of full. Uh, but let's continue to pray one for the other. Keep Mother Harden up in prayer, y'all, uh, that, 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 that she be delivered from the shortness of the breath. Uh, continue to pray for uh, my daughter, Melanie, uh, that she's doing better. Pray for uh, uh, Jackie. And, and all the people that you know that stand in need of prayer, the, the Chamber family, the Irish family, all the family, Butler family, my family, all the families are the, 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 the board, Obi Boyd family and uh, Brother Biggs over there in West Memphis and, and all of God's people. We all can't come back together right now because some of them, our, our health has failed and we can't get about like we used to. But you're still, you're still members and you're still part of the body of Christ, okay? And you always will be a member, always a part of the body of Christ, even if you can't come every now and then. Okay, God, God bless you. Let's say a prayer for everybody. I'm going to let you good people go. Pastor Johnson personally thanks everyone for joining us for our midweek prayer and refuel service. We are located at 3002 Chelsea Avenue in Memphis, Tennessee. Services start at 11 a.m. and we would love to have you as our guest this Sunday. Join us. You'll be glad you did.